This is exactly. Li now listen, listen very careful, carefully. Please pay attention to this. All right. This is exactly what happens when Iga Świątek faces an opponent that knows how to fucking play tennis. This is exact. This is exactly what happens when Iga Świątek's opponent doesn't fucking shit the bed. This is exactly what happens when Iga Świątek faces a decent tennis player playing at a decent level. This is exactly what happens when Iga Świątek faces players like Rybakina who are really good tennis players who show up and play at a pretty high level not even but a decent level this is exactly what happens this is exactly what happens look at ep i know there's a lot of them but look at look at every single match that ego won last year look 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 at every single match Iga won in the last three years. Look at every single match Iga has won in the last three years. Her opponent that she beat on that day either is not a good tennis player or is a good tennis player but threw up all over themselves, played like absolute shit, forgot how to play tennis, forgot how to serve, forgot how to hit a backhand, ha had a had a mental breakdown on court or just sucked dick every single player that she beat now now this 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 is the more important part now go back to the last three years three years of ego's career and look at every player that she faced who knows how to play tennis who showed up to play decent tennis and is a good is is uh, a high level or a, a top tennis player. Let's start with this year. Elena Rabakina, Jesse Pagula. So simple. Elena Rabakina just last night. Jesse Pagula at the start of this year at the United Cup. Jesse Pagula and Iga face each other. It feels like five times. Pagula, a decent tennis player, yeah. Every time they face, Jesse Pagula throws up all over her, all over herself. Iga wins. Not that, not that the uh, Iga's better. Iga's better than Jesse. It's not. It's not because Iga's the best player in the world. No, 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 no. It's none of that. It's because Jesse Pagula or whoever else just threw the fuck up all over themselves. They played in Sydney or wherever the fuck. At the start of this year at the United Cup, Jesse uh, Jesse won. Arena Sabalenka in Fort Worth, Texas. Madison Keys in Cincinnati. Daniel Collins last year, Aussie Open. Alize Cornet at Wimbledon. Ostapenko in Dubai. Muguruza twice the year before, one of them in Dubai. Um, who else? Fuck. This is what happens? When Iga Świątek faces a good player. Da I mean, Daniel Collins last year, the finalist. 
Yo, name me one player. I you can't? And she won a million matches and a million titles. Find me one match where her opponent was all three of these things. A good tennis player, playing at a decent level, and did not throw up all over themselves. Uh, Sabalenka in the US Open semi-final threw up all over herself. The previous round, Jesse Begula threw up all over herself. Previous round, Big Julie Nemo threw up all over herself. I mean, the French Open final, Coco Goff, it doesn't even matter if she throws up all over herself. She's not even a good player. So immediately, uh, doesn't count. Indian Indian Wells final, she played against Maria Sakkari. I mean, come the fuck on, man. Miami, oh my god, Miami. She played against Osaka. Do you know how bad the entire tour, like all the women on tour have to be for Osaka to make a final? Yes. Seriously. Uh, I'm being so serious. Find me one match in three years that Igesh Fiontek won. All three of those things. Decent player playing at a good level and did not at any point throw up all over themselves. You can't find it. This is what happens when she plays against a player that's that, uh, a top player playing at a decent level. That keeps their shit together. This is the result. This is what happens. To talk about Eleanor Bakana. Eleanor Bakana immediately after the match in my eyes. This may be reactionary, knee jerk. This is probably what a lot of casuals uh, probably did. But for me, it's for different reasons. Um, but unfortunately, that might not matter as long as our... Uh, sort of conclusion is the same i think uh, eleanor bakina is gonna win the aussie open i think eleanor bakina is gonna go to the french open as defending wimbledon champion and as defending aussie open champion the only woman to ever do that serena williams she's gonna be pulling up to the french open on her serena williams shit Eleanor Ivakin, if she wins, that's two slams for her. One away from Iga for keeping track. And that would make um, Eleanor Ivakin a winner of two of the last three slams. A lot of people probably don't know who Eleanor Ivakin is. I kind of like that. I'm Obviously, I'm not okay with that. Uh, as a, like Principally, that's wrong completely. But I'm kind of okay with that. If Eleanor Rabakina wins Wimbledon, sorry, <laughs> the Aussie Open, I'm cool with that, and and for that and Wimbledon too, for that matter. Eleanor Rabakina, her only problem is her on again and off again. Um, I'd say she is pretty inconsistent, but when she's playing like this, and it's not like once in a blue moon thing or like this isn't her like peaking or playing out of her mind. It's just playing. It's just her playing like sort of living up to her potential. When she plays like that, she is 
one of the best players in the world with the best serve in the world her flat ground strokes are a problem for anyone she generates i mean her technique she generates incredible angles and and it's for her it's effortless and her serving i mean un, un, untouchable on the women's tour it's untouchable when it's firing on match point she she fuck, she sealed the match with an ace she bombed one down the tee that's beautiful man Eleanor Rabakino doesn't really get the respect that she deserves, not really talked about. I mean, for, for fuck's sake, Maria Sakri, Paula Bedosa get way much more screen time. Their names are in everybody's mouth. These people are contenders. What? Honestly, I'm, I mean, principally, it's totally wrong and I'm not okay with it. But, uh, I mean, besides that, I'm cool with it. It honestly makes the win so much, so much sweeter. What, and, and I'm going to clarify this, but let me just say it first. Nobody thought Eleanor Rubakina would win. And, and here's my clarification. Me and you probably thought so. Me, me and you probably thought this line was ridiculous, right? I mean, maybe not that she was going to win. That's uh, a separate conversation. But the line was ridiculous. But a lot of people, and, and a lot of people, maybe not, you know, gambling Twitter, maybe not tennis betters or whatever. Um, but, you know, the commentators, uh, those weird people at the WTA, uh, casuals at home with like seven dogs, and, and, and their three favorite players are Iga, Coco, and Layla. Those people, for them, this is a, a, a huge shock. It's like, fuck, I could have never seen this coming. As if you can really... You know what I'm saying? As, as if, Like, who the fuck are you anyway? It's like, oh, I really did not see that coming. W what? Eleanor Rabakina, for me, feels like a huge win. Um... You know, beating Iga Shvantec, this, it, it's a triumph. I feel like I'm a part of it. I'm not even talking about the uh, the, the bets, the money, the gambling, the, the tickets. I'm just straight up talking about tennis. As I'm The 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 single event of Eleanor Bakuna, um beating Iga Shvantec at the Aussie Open in the fourth round, that sort of, ev that event is a huge win for me as a tennis fan. Now, Coco Goff versus Ostapenko, for me, this is just whatever. And, and let me tell you what that means. For me, this is just whatever because, I mean, it's Coco Goff. Why are we even getting excited? You know you know what I mean? It's, it's like that. It, it's, it's like that. It's like Ostapenko beat Coco Goff. Well, I mean, sorry, but of course she did. You know, so that's what I mean. It's like, whatever. Honestly, as an event, it's not a huge triumph. Not for me or Ostapenko. But, and this, and this is fucking crazy to me, huh? But it is a huge shock and a huge upset. Ostapenko, a uh, Grand Slam champion herself. 
against uh, <laughs> Coco Golf? A huge ups like what? It really blows my mind how. And then it makes me start to think. Well, it's like maybe they just don't want to be objective or or correct. But the people in the media, the commentators, the journalists, the um, whoever the fuck those all those fucking weird. I know that I don't know them personally by by name or face or anything like that. But I I just know they're fucking weirdos. All the people who work at at the WTA and at WTA, like all the social media admins, like the, the the Twitter people, whoever writes. Uh, the, the shitty articles on their website I know they're all fucking weirdos and then I think about it like how do these people have these jobs like how do these how is this woman or man that I'm listening to and and I don't mean anything by this but I'm gonna assume that most of them are women um and as far as the commentators I mean I mean we obviously know I, uh, I mean maybe not in 2023 we know if, if the man or woman that I'm, or the sorry, the person that I'm listening to is uh, a man or a woman, or or whatever else they could be. Um, but no, a lot of them are women, and I and I know listening to them or reading what they have to say online, I know that I think they're employed not to be correct or objective or accurate or articulate or relevant in any way. I feel like they they really are just trying to push. An agenda, a narrative, uh, propaganda, politics, right? I don't think they're succeeding because, you know, people who, who sort of resort to these sort of, uh, let's call it strategies, their intentions are usually like a, like a fiscal gain, right? Dollar signs, marketing, exposure, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I guess their idea, the concept is right. But, I mean, the players that they're targeting, Coco Goff... Igor Sviantek, Maria Zachary, Jons Jabour, Leila Fernandez, Paula Bedosa. Good luck to you, the members of the media, the journalists, WTA themselves. If you're trying to grow and expand your sports, but you won't get behind Ostapenko and Rybakino, and they're clearly amongst the best players in the world at the moment. And instead, you want to back... Man like, uh, sorry, women like Ego. Women like Coco. Women like Paula Bedoso. It's it's your it's your business, not mine. Cause really, if if you go on wta.com or wta.tennis.com, whatever the website is, if you go on the wta website and and pick any one two or three articles and read them you will and if you're a reasonable person like me with you know with good reading skills and if you're attentive uh, and you have good sort of awareness and sort of like an eager eye if you read two or three articles you'll know that whoever write this or or the editor or the manager or whatever they have no intention. They absolutely do not give a fuck if they are correct, accurate, objective, relevant, or anything of the sort. Uh, they're not trying to be informative in, in sort of a um, neutral way. They're not reporting in, in, a, in, a, in a neutral way at all. 
every stance that they take, every word that, that is printed or typed or spoken, uh, it's propaganda. It's all propaganda. And lastly, on this topic, what I want to say is, gambling Twitter is disgusting, man. It's a cesspool. Uh, you go on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, anything like gambling related, all the gambling content online, I feel like, uh, people get it twisted all the time. Um, if I ever made a t-shirt company, I'm sure one of my best sellers would be, don't get it twisted. So let me tell you this, don't get it twisted. Line movement, lines, sharp action, the way the lines are, you know, the lines that are available, the odds that you see for tennis, sort of all like the, the philosophy, like that shit doesn't, the, the, the philosophy, the sort of, uh, the science or whatever that, you know, people, you know, reading lines, line movement, I'm, I'm not really into all of that as much as some people are like for them that shit is a religion and and uh you know line movement for them like uh cl uh, i'm sure you know what i'm talking about for them th that's them as if they already won the bet the, the match didn't even start whatever but for tennis lines line movement all that stuff whatever you know or, or at least you think you know about lines and let's say american sports football basketball baseball whatever and especially those like spread heavy sports, let's call it football, basketball, whatever you know there, don't take it and try and apply it uh, in tennis or any other sport. I don't know what other sport you, you could be golf. I don't I don't fucking know. Really, I don't know. Uh, approach and treat tennis betting and tennis lines differently. The way you look at them, the way you assess them, uh, take a different take a different sort of approach. OK line movement and tennis means absolutely nothing i understand from just my experience and my observations in american sports football basketball uh it's very relevant and uh it's uh in pretty indicative and it's a good indicator of what's uh about to go down and tennis means absolutely nothing a line in tennis It's not meant to truly portray or sort of highlight the actual odds of each player winning if we're looking at money lines. Lines in tennis are absolutely based on public perception. It's not how good a player is compared to another player. It's based on exactly what the public thinks. Public perception is what the line is. Nothing else. That's what the, the what's that's what tennis odds are based on. Public perception. If you tell me it's based on tennis or something like that or factors or or fucking court surface. And by the way, this is all things. This is public perception. You think, well, no, it's because of an injury. Um, excuse me, but this is all what the public is saying and what they're talking about. What th that's how they perceive it. Okay. It's everything's based on public perception. It's like, oh, he has an injury. It's like, okay. One of my favorite things to say to wrap this all up on gambling Twitter being the cesspool, a disgusting place. Everyone on gambling Twitter thinks they're a genius. Everyone on gambling Twitter somehow, by the grace of God, 
think that they are and here we go that they are a genius and only them nobody else nobody else meaning not another fellow gambler not anyone employed in vegas not anyone who who is a bookmaker or sets lines or, or anything like that nothing only them and they are a genius and and those people those individuals think that they're onto something that nobody else knows about that they're they have something in their head a thought popped in their head that only they are thinking about and literally nobody else that's sort of how they see it they think they're onto something my response to that you're not okay quite simply you're not Alright, to look at yesterday's matches, I already covered the first two, really. Iga Świątek didn't play her best? Yeah, I agree. But you gotta look at why. Because in her previous match, she won 6-1-6-love, six, six so don't really, you know, start acting funny. Let me, let me tell you why she wasn't playing her best. At times, Iga yesterday, she looked like she was kind of stuck and lost. Why? Early on in the f in the match, pretty much for most of the first set, what she wanted to do was sit on the baseline and hit with Rubakina. What? Okay, I'm my voice actually like my throat actually hurts. I don't think I can scream anymore. But seriously, who who do you think you are? Trying to sit on the baseline and your plan is to not only hit with Rebakana, which you can't fucking do, but to out-hit Rebakana from the baseline? What? Who are you? It took her the first set to realize that that wasn't going to work for her. That wasn't doing it for her, so that's why she sort of got stuck and lost. Rebakana was feasting on her second serves. It was either every second serve Iga hit, Rebakana either hit a winner or put Iga in a lot of trouble right away. Or Rebakana sent it uh, straight into the net. By the way, Rebakana could have won this uh, and would have looked a lot closer, I mean. Rebakana didn't play her best either, but she played good enough to put off Iga. Iga ne look, Iga never wants the smoke. If Iga sees her opponent as, you know, on the other side of the net, coming with the smoke, Iga wants none of it. I pr I pr I guarantee you. And neither did her fans. They were so scared throughout the entirety of, of the match. Like, if you look at the five loudest points they cheers... Rebakana into the net, Iga Fiontek, uh second serve, all five of them. That those were their loudest cheers. Tells you everything about them, their player, Iga, and the match. Yeah, Iga Fiontek wasn't playing great. But the reason why is because her opponent wasn't fucking Christina Buxa. Or Lesia Tsurenko, or I don't know who the fuck Iga Fiontek always uh, shits on. So you're saying that Iga Shiontek wasn't at her best? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking myself. I'm asking you, Iga fans. You're saying 
Krejikova and Ostrava, that final match of the year in my books. Ostrava final, like a few months ago, Krejikova Iga. Krejikova won. Iga was playing pretty good then. Honestly, she would have beat anyone. Just not Barbora. You see what I mean? Really, Ostapenko, Coco Gop, there's not much to say here. All that happened was Ostapenko played tennis. And she didn't commit a whole lot of errors and didn't really spiral out of control or implode. Really? That sounds so simple, right? That's all it takes to beat uh, Coco Gop. She out hit Coco Gop tremendously with ease. And uh, quite frankly, it really wasn't close. Um, just Ostapenko errors, kind of like Rabakina. Her errors kind of kept Kokogov hanging around for a little bit. But this could have been much more lopsided. Ostapenko, extremely underrated, disrespected player. I have a saying I really like. Let me tell you what it is. Yelena Ostapenko is better than your favorite tennis player. If you think about that, for that to be true, what that sentence means to say is that Ostapenko is the best tennis player in the world. That's the only way that statement has any truth or logic behind it. Whoever your favorite tennis player is, Ostapenko is better than her. That means that Ostapenko is better than everyone. I think there is truth behind that. But honestly, considering who everyone's favorite tennis player is, Iga Shvante, Coco Gauff, Leila Fernandez, Paula Bedosa, Maria Sakkari, then, yeah, uh, Osipenko is better than her. I think it's true. The craziest thing about all this is that Rybakina and Osipenko play each other next in the quarterfinal. That's a tennis match right there. Those are two girls that are going to be playing tennis. Jesse Pagula, 7-5-6-2 over Krejikova. Look, that is a really good win. The first set early on, really, really close. Really, really, really close. Um, like 11-minute service games. Um... Stayed on serve for the first six games. Very tense. Very close. And then Jesse Pagula broke. 5-3. Served for the match at 5-4. Got broke. Recovered quickly. Broke again. Served it out at 7-5. Second set 6-2. Uh, not as close. Uh, then, you could, then you could start to see the difference. But that is a very good win for Jesse Pagula. Who is having a great start to the year. I believe 
She lost the first match of the year to Kvitovo and since then hasn't lost a match. United Cup Aussie Open. Uh, she didn't play elsewhere. No Adelaide or nothing. She didn't win Auckland like Coco Golf. This is unsuspecting and really for so many reasons, especially considering the matches that were just played today. But Vika, uh, uh, Victoria Azarenka versus Zulin might be match of the tournament, c a contender at the very least. Uh, that match was incredible. Vika won from a set down. Vika won 4-6-6-1-6-4. That second set, 6-1 Vika. Honestly, felt like 6-4 at worst. Honestly, it played like a 7-6 set. and felt like a super, super, like a 7, okay, like a 7-5 set. 6-1, but every single one of those games that Vika won, it was oh so close. And Zulin at the first in the first set was incredible. The set, the th the decider littered with breaks and break points. Um, two hours, forty-one minutes, really good match and fight from both. You could clearly see from both players, hundred percent effort the entire match, and it shows. And as a fan, I appreciate that. And for me, that's also reflected in, in, in the product, in the performance. And for me, it really was uh, one of the the best matches of the tournament so far. Zhu Lin looked so inspired. Her performance, the effort, the intensity, the focus, just the heart that she put into it this entire week, but even last night. And for Vika to come out on top in that situation from a set down just shows Vika herself all the heart, grit, determination, intensity that she still has. She still possesses not only firepower technique, but also the, the, the drive, the heart, the desire, the fire. Pretty incredible stuff, really. Really, really, really good match. And, and for me, it's one of those matches, there is no loser. Incredible. Men's matches yesterday, nothing nothing really noteworthy. Uh, Hebe Hercatch uh, lost from a set up. Lost in a fifth set super tiebreak. Uh, whatever, cool. Um, Khashinov, 6-love, six 6-love six on 7-6 uh, on Nishioka. Khashinov playing so good, so disrespected. Um, Under-celebrated undervalued, underappreciated human being and tennis player Karen Khashinov. Here we go, Felix Ojeliasim lost from a setup to Yiri Lehechka in four sets. He took the first set, Felix, 6-4. Lost the next three, 3-6, three, 6-7, six, six, seven, six, seven. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, the main event for the men today, the, the, the banger, Titipas, 6-4-6-4-3-6-4-6-6-3 over Yannick Sinner. Honestly, if you watch the decider, what it looked like is Stefanos like, played for real in the first two sets and wiped the floor with Sinner. And then he said, all right, I'm going to give you the next two sets to sort of suck you in and give you some hope. And then I'm going to rip your fucking heart out in the fifth set and and then laugh. That's what it looked like. If you only watch the first set, fifth set, sorry. 
and had to explain how we're playing a fifth set and it's not 3-0 Stefanos. Uh, Stefanos, the level that he showed in the first two sets and, and more importantly in the decider uh, with, with Sinner just winning two sets in a row. Incredible, Stefanos. He still needs to work on his on-court interviews. He is such a undelightfully quirky character, I think. Um... I don't know if it's forced or if he has, like, actual, like, issues. It's, he, he probably does, but I don't think he's going about it the right way. But maybe that's insensitive of me or just not my place to say. But I think his um, on-court interviews or just his interactions, I think, with a microphone and a camera. Uh, as a fan of tennis and as a fan of Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, it leaves me with, with a, a lot to be desired. Hmm? Let's just say. Uh, Felix Ogialiasim, let's see. Now, the Netflix curse. Here's I, I came to this uh, realization, by the way, last night. And I think this is really clever. Something to consider. Just think about it. All the players from the Breakpoint Netflix series are out. And it's a Netflix curse that claimed them. They're claimed by uh, Netflix. That's why they lost. I have an alternative theory. And I think it's actually much more plausible and logical. Maybe they just all fucking suck. Huh? What's more likely, you think, for... Okay, so when a player loses a tennis match, what's more likely? They were on a Netflix documentary and that's why they lost that's you know those are the 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 cause of their loss or they suck which one do you think is more plausible or logical remember we're human beings not fucking donkeys okay maybe they all suck Casper Ruud, Kokinakis, Unstjabor, Berrettini, Maria Sakkari, Felix Ojaliasim, Taylor Fritz wow Maybe they all just fucking suck. For the curse, for it to, to maybe truly apply, maybe maybe the injuries, for example, Kyrgios, Bedosa, Tomjanovic, maybe the Netflix curse claimed them. But Sakari, Berrettini, Jabor, Kokinakis, Felix, Kasparud, Taylor Fritz, did I say Taylor? They all suck! They all suck! They're, they're bad. Hmm? They're just bad. Now, all this Elena Rybakina propaganda that I've been spewing and, and uh, you know, Ossipenko this and that. She's better than your favorite tennis player. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, or, or at least I am getting ahead of myself. Because Sabalenka is yet to play her fourth round match, and it's just as monumental as both Rybakina and Ossipenko's matches. She plays Belinda Bencic. Arguably, probably the toughest match, if you're comparing Coco Goff and Iga. And this is a huge match for Sabalenka. Before yesterday, I think it was clear. I mean, before, uh, prior to yesterday's matches, I think it was clear that Sabalenka at the moment was the best player in the world. Yesterday, after Rabakina, okay. Uh, but now after today, uh, after tonight's match against Benchich, we'll have an answer. We'll have a definitive, definitive answer. 
There is only one, though. There is only one. There is only one Arena Sabalenka. There is only one player in the world. There is only one woman on the tour. That if she is playing at her absolute best. No matter who she's playing against. Where. When. How good they're playing. Form. Surface. Da. 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 There's only one girl that no matter what, if she herself is playing her best tennis, she's going to win. There's only one player on the tour like that. There's only one player in the whole world like that. It's Arena Sabalenka. There is only one Arena Sabalenka. Where if you catch her playing her absolute best tennis, or close to it, Then no matter who the fuck you are, or how well you yourself are playing, she's gonna beat your ass. She, you're get you're gonna you're gonna lose. There's only one player in the world like that. There's only one Arena Sabalenka. Magdalenette is worth a bet against Carol Garcia. I love the women on the tour that peak late bloomers, that peak late into their careers. Uh, Sori Kirstea last year, in her early 30s, uh, got her career high. Bigu, the same. Anna Bogdan, the same. They're all Romanian. What? Isn't that crazy? Magda Lynette, first, uh, first fourth round of a slam ever. She's, I believe, in her 30s. She is 30, turning 31 next month. Alize Cornet, well into her 30s last season, made her first quarterfinal of a slam ever in like 60 plus tries. Late bloomers, I love it. It's amazing to see. She's honestly been playing really well. Inspired. Movement is excellent. And the last Polish player. Huh? The last Polish player left at the Aussie Open, Hubie Hercatch. And Iga should be ashamed of themselves. It's only the fourth round. I think that's worth a bet. Plus 280, and then forget about it. Donna Vekic, minus three and a half games. Um, that is, that's what we call a gift. This is so straightforward. Donna Vekic has looked incredible. Honestly, uh, Nuria Pridas-Diaz, I'd put her on the same level. As Linda Furvitova. I think Linda Furvitova is, although I love her, slightly overrated. And uh, Nuria Pridas-Diaz, extremely underrated. And once you make those adjustments, they're on the same level. You can look what you can look at what Donna Bekic did to Nuria Pridas-Diaz. Who actually uh, played, played quite well. Didn't do too bad performance-wise herself. I think it's going to look very similar. Maybe even... Maybe even easier for Donna Vekic against Linda Furvatova. Minus three and a half is a gift. Pliskova versus uh, Zhang Shuai. This is sort of like the throwaway match for the day. Uh, it's Pliskova and straights or bust. So that's what it is. 
Um, don't love it. Don't love the match. It's a bit... Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's what it's what we have. It's what we're getting. Pliskova 2-0. Uh, probably the smallest bet of the day, along with Magdalenette, but at least that one I'm more sort of optimistic about. And uh, obviously much bigger payout. Uh, Pliskov on straights plus 115, Magdalenette money line plus 280. That's, I think, a good deal. On the men's side, Benny Shelton versus JJ Wolf. Winner gets a spot in the quarterfinal. Tell me how this isn't the Knoxville fucking challenger. How is this not some some shanty-ass challenger tournament in the USA? This is an Aussie Open fourth round? What? Okay, then. Rublev uh, versus Olga Runo. Banger of a match. I'm rooting for Rublev, but I'm not overly optimistic. I think the lines are pretty good. I think fairly uh, spot on. Uh, Runa, slight favorite. Uh, probably right. It is very close. Uh, Roberto Batista good versus Tommy Paul. Uh, such contrasting styles, characters, personalities, players. Um... An interesting one, who's playing better? Tough to tell. Curious to find out, though. They're both playing really, really good. Uh, so far this week, last week, whatever. And Djokovic versus Demon. I'm expecting uh, straight sets. Uh, Djoko in straight sets. Under 35.5 looks uh, really, really good. Well, that is all for today. No need to linger. I can't wait for the matches. It really is getting better and better, and tomorrow is going to be the same. This has been The Safe Space. Thank you so much for listening. As always, best of luck to us, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.